inside the NRL. Jack Hetherington could be hit for six as Sinbin, send-offs and suspensions take centre stage. The Rugby League World pays tribute to Tommy Radonikus on an emotional day at the SCG. And it was a triumphant return for Tommy Turbo, but can he help the Seagulls soar into the finals? Hello, welcome to Inside the NRL. Yes, Tommy Turbo. Turbo. <laughs> Tommy Trubovic is back in a big way. I should be rested after this opening of this show. Welcome, Jamie Seward, 2010 Premiership winner, Michael Chamis from the Sydney Morning Herald. You said off air just then, don't call him Tommy Turbo. You've got to call him Tommy Trubovic. Yes. I like Tommy Turbo. He's a good player. <laughs> Left me completely tongue-tied. Of course, it's a special weekend in the NRL this week. It's Anzac round. We've got the Eels taking on the Broncos goes up in Darwin. We've got a triple header on Sunday. Jamie Soud makes his commentary debut, is that right, with the yes. West Tigers and the yep. Seagulls. Of course, we've got the Roosters-Dragons, which is the special match, followed by the Storm and Warriors. You are currently a Dragon. Uh, you were once a Rooster. How special is Anzac Day for you? Oh, it's it's like a finals build-up. You know, you know the whole crowd's going to be getting there nice and early and uh, the sentimental, uh, emotional you know, meaning to the game. So once that last post is playing and you're out there as, as a player, there's nothing better than that. So, yeah, I love this time of year. And, Chamis, you were a former Dragons supporter, is that correct? Former Dragons supporter. <laughs> Depends on which week they play. You've been back the last couple of weeks. Not this but... week. I'm off again. Uh, now, we're giving a chance uh, to our viewers to win some NRL trading cards. We're asking... What is your favourite Anzac Day Rugby League moment? Make sure you comment on our Twitter post. That is for Inside the NRL in the comment section. Leave it there. The best answers will take home a box of trading cards. Sally, what's your favourite memory from Anzac Day? Uh, probably my personal one was playing in it in uh, 2009 uh, at the SFS. We were rolling pretty hot and uh, it was a pretty ordinary first half. We scored the first set through Brett Morris and then after that, it was a bit of a grind, but um, yeah, I scored a couple of tries that day, kicked some goals. It's always uh, special and nice to get the win. How good some of this vision. Just an easy day at the office, scored a couple of tries. No, well, actually, we got to the game really late. Uh, I think we had like 25 minutes to get warmed up, and uh, geez, I was a lot skinnier and faster back then uh, than I am now. But uh, we got there really late and ended up winning, and yeah, that was a special one for me. What about you, Michael? I was there that day, but that's not my favourite moment, unfortunately. So my favourite moment, I was sitting in the corner, Matt Cooper scores that try, you know, five, I think it was, and then the sideline conversion, Matt Head to, to win the game at the end there. Uh, pretty special, won't forget that one. And, of course, you can get your NRL trading cards from any Ampole, Ampole or Caltech service stations as well as good news agencies and supermarkets. It's now time to see what left egg on Michael and Jamie's faces. I'll kick things off. Tommy Tabubo, though, <laughs> left egg on my face. Uh, so how are you? Uh, the Warriors for me. I just I can't pick them. And then they turned up and uh, get the job done against the Dragons. 40 from 40, 100% completion rate. But um, they're hard to watch from week to week. And I had written them off, but they have come together and put egg on my face. What about you, Chamis? I only got Adam Dewey. I, I, I thought the number six experiment yeah. with Adam Dewey wouldn't work. Uh, I thought, you know, maybe he's a 13, a centre. I just didn't feel like that was going to work. But to be honest with you, he's been the biggest attacking threat for the, the Tigers over the first three or four... Well, he missed the first game, but over the four weeks that he's played, he's been he's been pretty good, Adam Dewey. Agreed, Sam? Yeah, uh, it baffles me why they didn't make the change last year. I've said that before. I think that 
you know, if you knew Benji was going to leave the club and you weren't going to re-sign him, make that change. Be six months ahead in that partnership with Luke Brooks. But he looks like the mainstay now. The, the pressure's back on the number seven. Would have been a very tough call to make. We spoke about that last week. Mm-hmm. Axing Benji in his final year with the West Tigers. Of course, it was a massive round in round six. The Bulldogs there 0-6. And, and more drama in Belmore with Jack Hetherington uh, facing up to six weeks on the sidelines due to his poor record. He's been hit with a grade three high contact charge for his high hit on uh, Valentine Holmes. Sowie, if he doesn't change the way he plays the game fast, is his long-term future in the game under threat? He is. Uh, it is under threat, Zach, because the coach can't pick him. You know, he's a firebrand. I love how aggressive he is and tries his backside off every single week. But when you come up with players like that and you restrict your team, who's 0-5, now 0-6 to 12 players, it's hard enough winning games as it is, let alone being down to that. And you know, next time the selection panel goes together... They're thinking, well, how many penalties is he going to give away? And is his output worth the two or three penalties he's going to give away, potentially a send-off? So he needs to change his style. And he could be out till round 13, so it would be a big call to make to bring him back. It would. Look, he's on decent money out there at, at, at Canterbury. And obviously, that's what Trent Barrett wanted. He wanted someone there to, to rev up the troops, someone to fire them up. Obviously, a fine line. He's overstepped it there. But am I the only one applauding the theatrics there of Valentine Holmes. He exaggerated it a little bit. I, I think five to six weeks is a bit much, to be honest with you. Let me head high you and see if you... I'll be jumping like that too. Yeah. I just feel like he kicked his legs out, he dived. Oh. Obviously, it's not... I'm not saying it's not a, it's not a penalty. Or I just think five to six weeks, and I think two weeks there are from the Oscar award-winning performance of Valentine Holmes. Oh, here we go. All right, part of the wash-up out of round six was that. Send-offs, sin-bin, suspensions, whether the officials got it right when it came to Victor Radley, Jack Hetherington and Latrell Mitchell. Graham Mannersley weighed into that debate a short time ago. If there was no variation in some of these incidents, they wouldn't have all those options. We could just give them one option, which is put everyone on report. We can put everyone in the sin bin for foul play. Send everyone off for foul play, regardless of the seriousness. But that's unrealistic and no-one would accept that. We'll still get some players getting fines, we'll still get some players getting six or eight weeks because every incident is different. So I, I don't really understand this, this constant uh, criticism of uh, the, the referees need to be consistent in how they apply this stuff. They need to be as consistent as they can in judging incidents of similar severity, but every incident they deal with has a different level of severity, and it's not inconsistent. It's just people have different views and different opinions. And I think there's a big difference between differences of opinion and allegations of inconsistency. Yep, Graham was fired up to say the least this afternoon in his football briefing. Uh, Michael, we understand that every incident is different. We understand the need to be consistent. But when it came to Latrell Mitchell's hit on David Nofaluma, was it the right call that he stayed on the field? Oh, I think Graham's spot on, though, and what you touched on first. I think he's right. I think we have, a, as, a, as a game, there's a culture there that we like to whinge and we want consistency. And unfortunately, there is no consistency around every... You know, we, want, we want consistency when it suits us, but also we want referees to be flexible and apply rules when they need to. So you can't win, and I feel sorry for Graham Mannersley. I think Luttrell was probably a little bit lucky to stay on the field. Uh, I, I wouldn't have... I don't think there would have been an uproar if he got 10 minutes. Now, if, if Nofaluma had been knocked out severely there, it would have been a different story. I think it would have been 10 minutes in the bin and would have been no arguments, but the fact that he uh, wasn't too badly hurt by that played in their way. Okay, Jonathan Thurston uh, has been an outspoken critic this weekend saying that Victor Radley's sin binning was enough of a punishment for the Roosters. He shouldn't be facing up to three weeks on the sidelines now, Sowie. Do you agree with JT? Well, in part, yes, but 
you know, if you've got a bad record and you do something wrong in a game, that comes back to haunt you. you know? So you don't just get let off or forgotten about the, your bad record. You've got to be able to play the game within the rules. And that was to most people or to people who play the game, high tackle, 10 minutes in the bin. And if he had had a clean record, he'd be playing this week. I have no doubt about that. It would have been a, a points fine and, and monetary fine. He'd be OK. But if you've got a bad record, unfortunately... That's the situation. <laughs> you need to play within the rules. So uh, I guess I partly disagree. I think that maybe three weeks is too harsh, but if he's broken the rules time and time again, you can't just keep get, letting people off just for the sake of we want the best players on the field every single week if they keep breaking the rules. Yeah, that's fair. It'll be a busy night at the NRL Judiciary tomorrow night. We've got Victor Radley, Latrell Mitchell and Paul Momorowski all disputing the grading of their charges and Jack Hetherington has until lunchtime Tuesday to decide whether he will fight his. If Latrell Mitchell gets suspended, he's Dally M contention could be over. If he gets two weeks, he miss, I think you lose three points for every round that you are suspended, it could be could be done. So he's leading at the moment on 13 if he gets well, two weeks. Back to, you can't get back to six or seven and yeah, and make that up with everyone else still playing games. So it could be a huge call in terms of Dallium. Alright, the NRL held a memorial service for the late uh, Tommy Rodonikas who passed away on April 7. Hundreds of mourners turned out to the SCG to pay tribute including them was ARLC chairman Peter Volandis. So although he was a great rugby league player, competitive, tenacious, what I like to remember him as is as a human being. And Tommy, on behalf of the fans, once again, you're one of a kind. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now can you imagine what the conversation is about in the heavens right now with Tommy holding court and telling his colourful stories surrounded by Big Arthur, Dallas Donnelly and Noel Kelly with the 12 disciples standing there, scratching their heads and wondering who the hell and what the heck are they talking about. Thank you for your passion, your wild, tough and winning playing character that you brought to the West Magpies, that you brought to those teams that you played with, the teams that you coached. You were special in so many, and so many ways and you made an enormous impact on rugby league whether you were playing, you were coaching, or you were doing talks, you will be missed forever, but not forgotten. RIP, mate. The type of people you meet in rugby league, it's, it's just so beautiful. Uh, he was a champion of the people, or the people's champion, whichever way you want to put it. And why was he? Because, uh, I, you know, I, I fancy it was because he was always willing to say yes I can do that in other words guest speaking autographs photographs he, he gave of his time um, and th that was very generous of him he was tough I guess um, in playing against him it taught me how to be a little bit more tougher or whatever in to play the game of rugby league he left such an indelible mark on everyone's heart yeah he, he was special you know, there's, uh, he was he was just unique. He taught us how to win. Like, we, we were satisfied with, oh, yeah, that's good enough, that's close enough. It was a lesson in life to have, no, we're in this to win. Now, if we didn't win, he'd be disappointed. He'd be more disappointed if you never made an effort. He could just make ordinary people do extraordinary things. Yes, 
as I said, my dad was a sergeant major in the permanent army, and he said the best recruit he ever saw for a sergeant major was Tommy. He said, God help the enemy if <laughs> he had 200 soldiers. You know, like he'd, they'd be jumping over the fence to join him. And he, he just had that about him. Among the other tributes that came in were from his great mate uh, Roy Masters, Sally, who said the outpouring of grief at Tommy's passing in the northern states in this country was the most significant since the death of Donald Bradman. Now, did we underestimate the widespread love and impact that Tommy had across many generations? Yeah, that's right. And um, I think, yeah, for me, I didn't really see him play, but he came into Origin 2011 and the passion and excitement that he spoke about, you, you wanted to play that night. So, um, yeah, hearing about uh, Rabs talk about his time and giving it up for everyone, you felt like you'd known Tommy for years, so it's nice to see him be remembered this way by so many great people. Yep, Tommy Rodonikus, one of the true greats. Another modern day great uh, was in action this weekend, Tom Trebojevic. Of course, it was great to see him stride out, unless you're a Titans fan, given Manly beat the Titans 36 points to nil. Let's take a look at some of his stats from his return from troublesome hamstring injuries. Of course, one try, two try assists. Two line breaks, four uh, tackle breaks and 189 run metres. Sowie, is Tommy the most valuable player to his team in the NRL? Oh. Well, you'd have to say yes. And I think you look at those stats and you think uh, attacking-wise, yes, and what he does to Cherry Evans and Kieran Foran's game, but defensively, getting people in position, making sure that he comes up with the right plays, uh, you would have to say he'd be up there and nice to see him out in the field. I just want to see him play. As a person that watches rugby league every single weekend, there's no better sight than seeing Tommy in, in full flight. So, um, But yeah, does that last, hopefully, for Manly fans and everyone else it does. I was listening to this on the radio and I could not believe what I was hearing. For that whole first half, I was like, again? And you just ex I, the fear was that he was going to break down again. And that's what, unfortunately, that's what we're waiting for um, because of recent history. So hopefully we don't get that and uh, we see him pull on that Sky Blue jersey. All right, there are so many uh, good fullbacks in the game right now. I've asked both of you to rank them and your lists, top five in order, are very, very different. So, Sally, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah, I think I remember mine. Uh, James Tedesco at one, Ryan Papp. Penhausen 2, Latrell Mitchell 3, Clint Gutherson 4, Tom Trebojevic 5, uh, RTS probably you know, unlucky to miss out after his performance on the weekend against the Dragons, but um, I feel like those five guys, especially after what we saw from Tommy, um, that he'd be able to come back in and be number five. Chamus, what about you? Yeah, I've gone a little bit different. I like a bit different. I've gone with uh, Tedesco at number one, but I've gone Tommy at two. I think, I think Tommy on his day will challenge Tedesco as the best player in the game. Uh, obviously, he hasn't had many of those days. I've got Ryan Papenhausen three. You've got to have Roger in there. And look, I get the, I, I'm going to get smashed here for not having Latrell in my top five, but I've got a man crush on Kalen Ponga, so Kalen Ponga's in my top what five. About, yeah, and the, I, I, it struggled to leave Roger out, but Clint Gutherson's playing better than what he did last year. Yeah, you don't have Clint Gutherson. I, in I there. get that, but if if I the way I look at it, if I am the CEO of a football team or the coach of a football team starting up, and you said to me, mate, you can have Clint Gutherson or Kalen Ponga, I'm going to take Clint. I'm going to take Kalen Ponga. Are you, are you not? I don't think the gap would be as wide, far spread. No, I'm not saying that Clint Gutherson's a dud. I'm just saying that. You Kaylee. asked if Tommy Trebojevic is the most valuable. I think Clint Gutherson is the most valuable person to Parramatta and their chances of winning this year. Yeah, that's yep. fair enough. I yeah. can't disagree with that. Uh, Will Kennedy, where does he rank on the list of fullbacks at the moment? Uh, well, he's, he's not in that top sort of seven for me. I would, I'd have RTS and, and Kalen Ponga in and around there, but seven great fullbacks. 
Yeah, and to even think that, like, Dane Laurie, he's burst on the scene. Dane Laurie. AJ Brimson, the way he played Origin Brimson, last year. Brimson, Dufty, yeah, all those guys. The next crop's coming through, but well, the top... Top echelons, the top echelon. It goes. It says a lot when you say. I reckon Valentine Holmes, and this is the problem for the cow, would be the bottom third, if not the bottom, you know, few of the fullbacks in the game at the moment. And that says a lot about the quality of fullbacks we've got. And you know, I, I know we've we haven't seen the best of Val at the Cowboys yet. Hopefully, it's to come. Okay. The big question: Do Manly play finals if Tommy Trebojevic stays fit? Yes. One performance turns it. Oh, yeah, I just think that Daly Cherry Cherry Evans is a different player. It's a huge game this weekend. Um, The Panthers, I think that they'll be up for that game after what they did to them at their home ground. Warriors they can beat, Broncos they can beat, and Eels, you know, who knows what happens in that next month for those other teams. But defensively they looked a lot more set up, and that's the key. Fullback, great fullbacks, save more tries than they actually set up or score. If Origin wasn't in the middle of the year, I would say they would make it. I just fear for what's going to happen when they lose Daly Cherry Evans, they lose Tom Trebojevic potentially, potentially Jake. There's three guys there, the heart and soul of the team. Three million dollars worth of talent gone for a period there. I just don't know if they can play catch-up. All right, a couple of weeks ago, Michael first reported in the Sydney Morning Herald and on Nine News that Jackson Hastings could be back in the NRL very, very soon. There's an update on that situation today, Michael. Yeah, look, Jackson Hastings has all but agreed to a deal with the West Tigers for 2022, a two-year deal with the club. Obviously, the, the Tigers wanted him here immediately. However, negotiations with Wigan haven't transpired the way they would have hoped. I, I've spoken to people at the West Tigers. Now, privately, they are hopeful that Jackson Hastings may still arrive this year. Uh, but at the, at the very worst, he'll start 2022 in Tigers colours. Now, he's had a difficult few years, or a difficult few years before he left to the Super League in the NRL, was at the Roosters there, he wasn't feeling the love, he didn't feel the love at Manly. He obviously went to the Super League and was one man of steel in his first year there and has been, and, and Sal, you've watched closely what he's been yeah. able to do over there. And there's no doubt he has the talent. It's whether he comes back and fits into the NRL after, you'd say, a, a pretty colourful start to his career. No, he'll fit straight back in. I think he's matured sensationally over there and what he's gone over there and done, and uh, he's humbled himself. I think it's a key pick-up for the Tigers next year. So, so he's, where, only, he's only 25, as you Where does he play? What, what do you... Like, well, I understand the signature, and they want to add some attacking flair, right, and he can cover a few positions, but the Tigers are in a situation where they have got... So many similar players. Moses Embai is no guarantee to move on next year. I know he's asked for permission to negotiate, but what if Moses Embai is still there? He's at eight hundred thousand dollar fourteen. You know, Jackson Hastings on you know four five hundred. Not too sure what they paid, but imagine it being in that sort of vicinity. What do they do with him? Because they, they're publicly saying Luke Brooks is our man. Where do you play Jackson Hastings? I'd be playing Luke. Uh, sorry, maybe Luke at fourteen, coming off the bench. Luke Brooks. And have Hastings and Dewey. You can't move Dewey now. Surely every signing that the Tigers make, they have to say to themselves, given their troubles and roller coaster ride and history in their last few years, does this player put us among the Premiership contenders? So does Jackson Hastings do that for the Tigers? Well, they're starting to overhaul their roster with quality players. You know, they're, they're buying, instead of guys that are coming off tr- contract to just get them to a club to make them competitive or try and make them competitive, they're signing for the future. So Jackson Hastings isn't a 32-year-old half that's coming back from the Super League to maybe be that final piece. He's coming to be the future half of, of the club or and be a part of that club. Do you see him being the future half? Yes. Yep. Do you see Luke Brooks moving on at the end of the year? Oh, just, you know, my thoughts about what Gus said, you know, maybe sometimes the player and and the club 
just mutually part ways. Sometimes it, it works, sometimes it doesn't. For me at the Dragons, it worked yeah, great. 2014 was probably one of my best seasons. So um, sometimes that staleness can happen and you need to be able to move on. OK, more fresh signing news and it impacts one team immediately. Will Chambers is officially a shark. I never thought I'd say that given his recent history uh, with the Storm after a stint in Japanese rugby. Do you rate this signing or is it short-sighted by Cronulla? No, nah, good signing. It'll be cheap and they need some depth in the outside backs. Um, talk about playing back rowers in the centres, they're not going to be able to make the eight. I think that the last couple of weeks have probably shown that they need that little bit of experience out there. And, yeah, it's funny how the world works. Yeah, he's always in the in the rumble when he was at the Melbourne Storm with the Cronulla Sharks and now he's going to pull on the jersey. Uh, lucky was, Gal's not there. There was a photo taken today that they put up the Sharks on their social media of Gal and Will Chambers sitting alongside each other and they face each other, the Storm and Sharks, in round eight. So he could take on his former team in just a week's time. It's now time for this week's Casualty Board brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And we'll start with the most severe injury out of the weekend, uh, or the most severely hit team, rather. Jared Wairira Hargraves, he has a shoulder issue. Co Siwa Tokayaho has ribs. That's a big blow. He has ribs. He has a rib issue. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not. Uh, Brett Morris, hopefully he'll be back uh, this weekend on Anzac Day. Heimel Hunt has a bad hamstring, as does Josh Mansell. The most serious out of the weekend, West Tiger Asu Kapoa, he has an ACL, so his season is over. Jason Tamalolo, bad luck for him. A new hand injury, a broken hand, has delayed his return. Uh, Peter Hiku and Adam Pompey, who are Warriors players, of course, uh, they're out with shoulder and leg issues potentially. Chamas, uh, the Roosters, Kiri, Lamb, Cordner, Friend retired. Verils, Lusick, all out. Potentially JWH and Torquayaho. Are the Roosters there for the taking on Anzac Day? Yeah, I think they are. I think the Dragons will be primed for this one. I, I know Sal will be in there this week and having a chat with them. I think the Dragons were... I don't think the Dragons were too bad against the Warriors in the weekend. You've got to give the Warriors some credit. They were very, very good. I think they completed 40 from 40 the way they played on the weekend. So... I think the Dragons, I know they didn't continue the streak, but they wouldn't be too disappointed. The, the main thing is with the effort with the Dragons, and it's there, and it hadn't been there every week in previous years. I think they'll turn it around and, and beat the Roosters this weekend. Current All Black, TJ Perinara, a lot of talk about him arriving in Bondi. Sowie, if he does become a tricolour soon and helps their hooker ranks, will he fit in straight away and make an impact? 100%. Even though it's a completely different Yeah, 100%. Quality, you know, we've probably been waiting for years. I remember growing up and watching Stephen Larkham and thinking about what he could do on the rugby league scene. So, uh, And plus, you know, it shows that our, our code's the number one code not only in Australia, but maybe to get a, an all-black like that uh, to come across, fantastic. I think he'd be a gun. And uh, one player who has just exited the uh, Chemist Warehouse casualty board is Sean Johnson after a ruptured Achilles late last year. Where do the Sharks fit him in? Who do they play this week? Bulldogs. Yep, they've got a big decision to make, though, John, Josh Hannay. Yeah, I think if it was John Morris, he'd be probably straight in the side, but... You know, Chad Townsend and Matt Moore have been doing a pretty good job. I know they've lost the last two weeks, but I don't know if you rush Sean in there. Yeah, he probably might come off the bench, maybe get 30 or 40, uh, 35 minutes. I don't know. It's going to be hard. The Sharks have lost two games the last two weeks. They shouldn't have lost. Like yep. Seriously, if they want to play foot, finals footy, that's just everything they did last year. Nothing's changed for me. That's why they had to move on from the coach. So... So potentially start at 14 is a smart way. Get a little bit of game time under his belt. Don't rush him back in to start. Play reserve grade. 
Yeah. Play, play 60, oh. 60 minutes in reserve. For those that don't know, Sean Johnson is another one of uh, Chamus's boys. I'm not, it's <laughs> not disrespectful to no, Sean. No, I'm just, just saying. You like, can't take the risk with him in reserve. D- but do you... The, the risk that you have him on the bench, right? If he doesn't start, you have him on the bench. What if the game doesn't pan out where we can get I, you on? I just think if you're there or thereabouts with him and you're 50-50, you wait a week. You're coming yeah. back from an Achilles. I just... Yeah, I know they want to win games of football, but the the, the administration has virtually written they off the season. They play the dogs this week. They could get the job. Well, exactly. I didn't want to be disrespectful, but they've virtually written off the season. They play Melbourne the week after. I'll maybe rest him. Maybe rest him for two weeks. All right, it's now time for Hit or Miss. Now, a tweet uh, from someone uh, at Sowwow Official, I believe, late last week, Thursday night, uh, caught my eye. It said, Nathan Cleary is the best game manager in the NRL. P.S. He's the best player in the NRL. Good night. I'm going to bed. So, Nathan Cleary is the best player in the NRL. Michael Chamis. I'm going to say miss. I'm going to go... I think he's definitely shortened the gap between him and Tedesco, but... Tedesco's done it on the big stage multiple times, and if when Nathan, not if when Nathan does it, which I think he will, then he'll then he'll earn the right to be the number one player in the game. All right, Sari, I'm guessing you agree with yourself, so it's a hit. <laughs> but, but why? I just he touches the ball more than James Tedesco, and he's in a, in the slot now in terms of you know he understands when his side needs to kick when they need to absorb pressure with the ball, hold the ball, and then to come up with that clutch play. Like, I know we saw Adam Reynolds do it as well, but for me, Reynolds has been up the top in terms of game managing for a long time, but Nathan Cleary's got it all. Defends in the front line, comes up with the clutch plays, and I know you want to see it at the back end of the year. Until we see it at the back end of the year, we can't comment on that. So, yeah, I just think he's the best in the game at the moment. I want to know, when you said goodnight and that's all you had to say, did you actually sit there on Twitter reading the comments or did you go to bed? I went to bed. I couldn't give two hoots what people say (laughs) on Twitter. (laughs) All right, our second hit or miss statement. Carmichael Hunt will play at least five games for the Broncos in 2021. Michael? I'm going to say hit, but... I just you don't seem confident. No, I don't seem confident. I, d- I don't understand it for Brisbane. I, I, I'm happy that he's back because it's good to see someone who you know when you grew up watching rugby league was synonymous with the game. That step. I'm happy that he's potentially back in the NRL. I just don't see what value it adds to Brisbane when they're looking to get out of this hole. You know, Ben T as well. I'm glad he's back in the game, but does it really fix a problem? And they've got problems. It's not like Cronulla with Bill Chambers where they're there or thereabouts. We're talking about Brisbane who need to completely rebuild. I just don't see what it does for him, except a bit of you know, a bit of a feel-good story. So you've basically contradicted you. <laughs> oh, I think he'll play five games. I don't know if they've... But we'll, won't bring much. Yeah, I think he'll be solid. Miss, I don't think he'll play... Um, close to that. I think that this is brought in from Kevy and experience the outside back that if they do get yeah, a run of injuries where they literally can't field any of their youngsters, then maybe potentially. But yeah, I think this is an experience thing. They've got some um, issues in the outside backs in terms of maturity and we see it one week like we did against Penrith and then the next week we don't see it. So I think he'll be bringing in just to help those younger guys. Alright, the Raiders 25 point loss against the Eels on Sunday night led to this spray from an unhappy Ricky Stewart. We're embarrassed. Were we having these tonight? 100% we were. Not the team, individuals. Don't, don't, don't put everybody in that category. But there's individuals there were uh, leaning on others. Individuals there waiting for someone else to do it. Individuals there that uh, are happy putting on an NRL jumper and putting it, thinking they're an NRL player. All right, Ricky Stewart is right to be concerned about his Raiders, Sowie. Hit. They're 
two bad weeks. If they lose this weekend to the Cowboys, they may miss the eight. That's where I'm concerned with them. They, the last two weeks, they've, they've been this physical, direct forward pack that just wants to eat you for breakfast. And the last two weeks, they've had it dished up to them. You talk about Penrith out there. You're out there, Zach. They threw the first punch, Canberra, and then Penrith just went, oh, OK, that's cool and put 30 points on them. Same on the weekend, long cycles down there in Canberra, and Parramatta always looked like they were going to win the game. So um, the other part for me, boys, is their, their attack. They've got huge issues around their attack. They haven't got the right mix out of nine, seven, and six. Their kicking game's an afterthought. There's, there's huge problems in Canberra. So just with that, before I get your answer, Michael, is there a fear that the way they've played the game for the last couple of years has caught up with them or could? Or don't, uh, they, they, they just don't so play off physical. the nine enough. So when I say that, they don't have... So, Josh, you look at how Cameron Smith and the Melbourne Storm have played with Munster and Hughes. Um, Smith just controls the ruck. So in between the 20s, he's allowed to control the ruck, right a quick one, and then the halves step up in front. At the moment, the halves are stepping up and Hodgson's distributing the footy and there's no real rhythm or um, plan to what they're doing. So then you, you have a shift for the sake of having a shift, then it's a last and then you turn over possession. There's no thought about their game management or kick, so they can't build any pressure. And then they haven't been the physical team because teams are saying, well, if we can keep with them for 10 minutes, we're going to be able to have some joy and some success, which is what we've seen the last two weeks from Penrith and Parramatta, two teams that are, are in championship windows. So can I ask you, is it coincidence that Canberra went on their run last year when Josh Hodgson got injured? Like Tom Starling, when he came in... was. I think Tom Starling needs to play a little bit more. I think he, uh, Hodgson could play at 13. Whether they start like that, I don't know whether that's a mix, but maybe 10 or 15 minutes in, Starling in and around the ruck and have that speed. But they need someone... The, the 9, 7 and 6 aren't on the same page at the moment. They, uh, Caleb Aikens was pretty good on the weekend. Nickel Klukstar is obviously his support game. But again, you can't... I could sit and watch teams and, and see their style about how they want to attack and where they want to get to and what plays they're trying to manipulate. I can't see it with Canberra. I can't see who they're working over, you know, their kick plan, whether they kick to invest for the next five minutes. It's They run in there on the last and go, oh, it's the last, I better kick down there and, and build and try and come up with a result. All right, Chamus, quickly, one word, hit or miss? Concerns uh, for Canberra? Hit, but they'll make the eight. OK, all right, it's now time for uh, Champ or Chump. It's my week, gents, and we have got plenty, plenty going on. Let's start with the champs. Love seeing young kids at the footy. There was a young cowboy. There he oh, is good. at the footy. I don't know if you'll remember much of the day, but it was great to see earmuffs and all uh, having a good day. <laughs> this was a great moment. Uh, Justin Holbrook looked straight through that poor kid. Uh, and from the young <laughs> to the old, Wayne Bennett. If you didn't already know, this is Wayne's world. We're just living in it. The fist pump and all. And... Of course he knew there was a camera on him and he goes, oh, no, I've been caught. Yeah. He knows that the camera's there, Sal. Of course he does. He they're, just plays up the to it. moments. Yeah, of course he does. So they're my three champs of the week. Uh, here are my two chumps of the week. Now, Damien Cook, we love you. You are an absolute <laughs> champion bloke. But what's doing here? Play eyes up. Gone. Oh. Taken down by a corner post. <laughs> Breaking news. Lucky he made it out play? there for the game. Is that foul play from the corner post? I think the corner post is facing three to four weeks out. <laughs> Monetary fine. For That's taking good. him That's out. Good. And the second one, it was the fastest try in Super League history. Seven oh. seconds in. Great effort from Hull KR centre Ben Crooks. But my champ is seen here in Jersey 27. Straight past the ball, Sowie. <laughs> Sam Wood, <laughs> what he's doing? <laughs> Wingers. Look, you wouldn't feed him. See you later. What was he, he just had eyes for the player, not even the, for the ball. You would not feed him. That's why you don't that wear is. jersey 27. Oh. Straight past him. 
He Seven did, seconds. He did look a bit like Michael Chambers. That's how you'd be <laughs> out there on, on your skates on the wing. So they're my champs and chump for this week. Of course, three champions are back here at the desk tomorrow afternoon. Neve Owens, Brett Kamali, Robbie Farrah from 3.55pm uh, Eastern with all the... Team news for Anzac Round. The teams drop at 4pm, so make sure you join them. Guys, uh, I like the colour coordinating or uh, put it with today. the suits. Matchy, matchy, but opposite. It's kind of cute. Next time, give me the heads up and I'll join in. Uh, we can't wait for Anzac Round this weekend. Make sure you head to nrl.com slash tickets to get yours. Of course, the showpiece match this Sunday. The Dragons and the Roosters. It was always awesome leading your team out at Sydney Footy Stadium to a packed out crowd and the fact that so many people believe in the day and turn up for the game shows that it's appropriate. And then to walk out there and have people in uniform from all different services, just something that is etched in your memory forever. The other thing I remember was standing out there and a jet would go flying over the stadium. The noise that created was just bond tingling. When the ode was played, it's incredible. It just gets shivers down my spine every time I hear it. They shall grow not old. The ode gives me goosebumps. When I listen to it, I'll make sure that I'll take it all in. As we that are left grow old. It's a bit of out-of-body experience. You have to think about the people that have died for this country and the people that have come before you. Age shall not weary them. For me, I thought a lot about my family and, and how lucky I was to have a family. Nor the years condemned. You feel all those emotions, all those feelings, and it's something that I hold very close to my heart. At the going down of the sun. It's pretty hard to describe. And in the morning. You've got goosebumps all over you, the hair standing out in the back of your neck. We will remember them. It's a feeling that not too many players can experience. Lest we forget. The last post, you know, having experienced that and the deathly silence, you know, the emotion that comes through, and I think is probably the most amazing thing. And thinking about the sacrifices that were made while that last post is on. If that doesn't get you going, nothing will. <laughs>